0: Welcome back, everybody. Hi. It's Friday. The time is here. <laughs> Capping off this stint on Fight Island with UFC 254 Habib versus Gaethje for the undisputed lightweight title. Dom. It's the end of the week. How are we doing? I don't know what to do with my hands. Alright, so (laughs) this today's episode is going to be breaking down the entire main card, giving our thoughts, our predictions for this Saturday's fights. Just want to give a quick uh, heads up to all of you. This main card starts at 2pm on Saturday, so if you're planning to watch these, it's very unusual for the UFC to do this, but understandably this is a worldwide sport, so sometimes... Other places in the world are gonna have the benefit of the time zones matching up to more of that eight o'clock, you know. It's a darty. It As is. the kids say. Yeah. Ohio State plays at twelve, UFC starts at two. I imagine I will be having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> whoa! But, but <laughs> Whoa, whoa! Jeez. You got neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> so walls are thick. <laughs> T-H-I-C-C. So we're going to be breaking out all that, along with getting to some of the news. The news. And I think we'll start with the news. So we're going to start with our fight announcements. First up here. We've got some good ones. Light heavyweight action. Oh, yeah. Ovid St. Prue. Ovid mm-hmm. St. Proven, as I'm going to call him, because he's proven himself in this division. <laughs> a mainstay in this division. I see what you did. But he's got a very tough matchup ahead as he's going up <laughs> against a surging prospect by the name of Jamal Hill. Yes. Dom, Kind of. what are your thoughts on this matchup? You know... It was announced for December 5th, by the way. That's the week before the pay-per-view.
1: I think it's a good matchup. I just question the decision for OSP to take a fight like this. Um, OSP's kind of... He just had his first fight back in the light heavyweight division. Looked really good when he knocked out uh, Alonzo Minifield. Very impressively, I must add. So this is somewhat of a risky fight for him, but again, he's trying to make his way back into that top 15 rankings. i got to imagine he's right on the cusp. He's not ranked right now. So, I mean, this is a seasoned veteran. What? How old is OSP now? 37, 38 yeah, years he's, old? he's older than he looks. And Jamal's the young, up-and-coming prospect. Usually we see how those matchups work out that way, yeah. but you never know. Just like with Brunson and Edmund, that always comes to mind when I'm talking about the vet versus the yeah. prospect. So, interesting fight. A uh, little nervous for OSP, but again, he can get a big win and be on his merry way down to those rankings.
0: Yeah, when you have a guy like Jamal Hill, who's straight up just finishing a lot of people pretty brutally, um, I think back to his last fight, that knee to the body against Klitson Abreu, pretty nasty. He was also in the contender series against Alexander Poppek, undefeated as well. Yeah, elbows from the mount. I mean, the guy's got some nasty weapons in his arsenal when it comes to his striking. And we've seen OSP show the suspect chance. It, that's what I was going to get at. Uh, OSP definitely has the tools to do what he did against Menefield. Although against Metafield, uh did he did he submit Menafield?
1: No, he knocked him out. Yeah, remember? he knocked the him out. Right. That's what I thought.
0: Okay, uh, but OSP has the tools. You know, that Menafield fight was in a lot of ways set up the same way. Yeah. Menafield was the yeah. on the come up, the rising prospect, and OSP was still the guy who had proven himself to be a veteran. Of I the agree division. with that. So there's no reason that can't go the same way. I really like the matchup, though. Um, I imagine this will be a main card fight on that. Maybe even a co-main, It sounds about right. Um, put my man Hamza in the main event. Good card. That is. So then moving on from there, uh, we'll get this one out of the way because it's a reschedule. Originally actually for, set for Saturday, we had Rafael Dos Anjos versus Islam Makachev. Very big fight for both of those guys' careers. That was that lightweight. However, RDA had to pull out of the bout due to testing positive for COVID-19. Well, the fight has been rebooked for November 14th. That is a fight night. Um, so that fight will happen. It will just be a little less than a month Later than we wanted it, but still exciting to have that matchup put back in place. Be have another.
1: Any... I would just imagine it should be a main card. I know you even well, yeah, or, uh, uh, mentioned it might be a a uh, main event.
0: Well, no, it might be a co-main.
1: Okay, or, so, I, I can see it being I, because
0: uh, you have to understand too. Like, there's some other factors like the three rounds because yeah. that's what they were originally agreed yeah, to. Yeah. Um, so it, that, that could end up being a big fight night when you have a fight like that. that could That's be, a really I could important fight. I could definitely headline a card. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm just happy to see that fight happening for both guys, give them a chance to... I'm
1: glad they were able to just keep the same matchup because it made sense. RDA's coming back, Islam's on a tear, he's ranked like 13th, so it mm-hmm. makes sense for both guys. Gotcha.
0: Next up here, we'll go to Women's Strawweight.
1: I like this one.
0: Yep. Your girl, Angela Hill, is back. She's back in the saddle again. For the fifth time in 2020. <laughs> Scheduled for the fifth time yes, in 2020. Yes. Against someone we had not seen in a while, I don't
1: think. It's been a little bit. Yeah.
0: Uh, she's going up against Tisha Torres. I have not heard. Uh, Tisha Torres last fought. Well, she fought in June. But before that, it was August 2019. So it's been a while for her, you know. But uh, she is coming off a decision win against Brianna Van Buren. Before that, had a four-fight losing
1: streak. I did not but, realize that. But look at
0: those names. Yeah. Jessica Andrade, Yoada Yimjicic, Weili Zhang, and then Marina Rodriguez. That's who tough. Still, that, that's that's, that's tough. tough. Especially those first three. Those are three champions.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, she's beaten Michelle Waterson. That was back in 2017. Um, she's actually
1: beat Angela Hill before. Yeah, we got a little rematch. Yeah. When was that first fight? June
0: 2015. A while UFC ago. 188.
1: And now I feel like everything's, the roles have reversed. So Tisha's kind of like, I don't want to say on on her way out, but just kind of been struggling. Like you said, you she's know, lost she's, four of her last five. She's uh, less active for sure. And then Angela, who's been a lot of hype around her, just came off that very great fight with Michelle Watterson, I'm le- as of now again. This is a while away. What's the date on that one? December. It is December twelfth. December twelfth is looking fan. like female pay per view night. Yeah. it's going to be awesome. Uh, it, but a lot of good fights on that card, and this is just another one added to it. I'd imagine main card or like a prelim headliner for that. I would think. Yeah, that's, we got to see how the, right. the card plays yeah. out, but.
0: Yeah, you're definitely right, though, that the women are definitely getting a showcase. Dude, on there's so night.
1: many big fights for the women. Yeah,
0: so I, I like the matchup. Um, I think it makes sense for both women. Angela Hill definitely seems to have gotten that confidence behind her to kind of push her forward. She, she arguably won that fight with uh, Michelle Watterson. Um, unfortunately, she didn't officially get the win, so her record is still
1: a little ugly looking. And the even UFC. the fight with Godella was even more controversial. Yeah, that, in my actually,
0: that one I thought she did win. Yeah. Um, I did not have her winning the match. So even team. with these
1: losses, she's going against top tier competition, and she's running, she's, she's so right close. there.
0: Yeah. So now you have this matchup with uh, who I would say at this point is a step down in competition, just because at least uh, based on her last few performances. Now, not to take anything away from Tisha Torres, but um, this is a very winnable fight for Angela Hill. However, how is Tisha Torres going to look? She looked good back in June. Are we going to see her kind of gain back, kind of where she was, you know, in that 2016, Mm -hmm. 2017 range? Or are we going to see the girl that just ultimately, she's always uh, the bridesmaid, never Mm -hmm. the bride. Mm -hmm. She can't quite reach the top obviously losing the, pretty much every champion yeah. the UFC's had over the last two years. Uh, so it's a very interesting matchup. Um, yeah. uh, any
1: other final thoughts there? I'm glad. It's a rematch. Five years in the making. It makes sense for both, yeah. so why not? For sure.
0: Moving on to Bantamweight, men's Bantamweight. Actually, back-to-back men's Bantamweight. Yeah, yeah. We'll start with the one that's official here though. Marlon Moraes who just fought uh, what two weeks ago. Yeah. As the headliner against Corey Sandhagen, tough loss for him there. He's already scheduled his next fight for December 19th. That's fight night the week after the pay-per-view against Rob
1: Font. That's supposed to be the one that they want Hamzat to headline. So that should be very interesting if that card plays out. Now, uh,
0: just to be clear, Marais is still ranked number three. Rob Font, number 11. This is a very risky fight for... Oh, yeah. For Marlon Rice, who's been on... He lost the title fight to Henry Cejudo way back when. His next fight is against Jose Aldo, who was making his debut in the Bantamweight division. Rice gets the decision win very controversially because it really wasn't... It, it was a fight that a lot of people thought Aldo won. Mm-hmm. And then he just got TKO'd by Corey Sanhagen. So, there's a lot of questions around Rice, you know. I had I personally bought into him. I predicted him to be the champion at some point. However, if he were to lose the raw fight here, you have to really start to question, mm-hmm. you know, kind of where his career goes from there. Just because you, hit again, hit such a high, and then it's like, where, how do you get back up on that saddle if yeah. he loses the fight? And then you're talking like, I mean, in a way, it wouldn't be, but it, I mean, it'd be three losses in a row, but it would almost be four at the same time because yeah. of that auto fight. So, ugh, it's it's a tough match. Me- and <laughs> Bot again, has been making a lot of, been making some, he's been, sl- you know, he's not a guy that you hear about a lot, but he's been slowly climbing that ladder. Mm-hmm. His losses are to very impressive competition, his last one being the Rafael Assuncao back in July 2018. He lost to Pedro Munoz before that, John Lineker before that. Um, those are his three UFC losses, but he's on a two-fight win streak. Sergio Pettis, who's now in Bellator, but a really good talent the UFC had, and then Ricky Simone, another tough guy. Um, he's also got wins over Thomas Almeida, um, Douglas Silva de Andrade. That's another guy that's pretty good. So this would definitely this is definitely his biggest. This is huge
1: if you're Rob Fawn. And Marlon clearly thinks he has an advantage in this, or I doubt he would take this. Again, he's ranked third. Rob's ranked 11th. When I. Marlon said he wanted to get back in there quickly, which, you know, I'm fine with, whatever. But I thought he was going to fight a guy like Frankie or Pedro. Like, he was going to stay in that top eight range. But then this got announced with Rob Fawn. And I'm just. High risk. uh, And little reward, really, if you're Marlon, in my opinion. Because. Again, you're ranked third, you're technically supposed to beat a guy like Rob Font, and if you're Rob Font, this is, this is a win-win for you. You're getting your biggest fight to date, and if you win this, you're going to literally crack top five and be one fight, two fights away from a title. So, huge for Rob Font, for Marlon, very interesting decision, to say the least, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I'm surprised that Marlon, for one, getting back in there, I mean, sure, it's in December, but he's scheduled already. Still, away. just two months after getting. You can tell you can the tell the that he's got to be very disappointed in his performance against San Hagen where he's like, "All right, I got to go back in there and prove myself." Yeah. So you can tell he's really feeling that, especially going down to number eleven. Sure, he could have waited and gotten someone a little higher than that. but, yeah. You know, I respect it. I respect a guy who just wants to get back in there and prove it. Doesn't matter who it is. Doesn't matter what numbers next to them. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I respect that. So, uh, very excited for that one. Lastly here, this is only verbally agreed, mm-hmm. but I think it's the biggest, the one that uh, this is excites fun. me the most. Yeah, this
1: is a fun fight.
0: So UFC 255, that's November 21st. We have a pretty big matchup at Bantamweight
1: here that's been verbally agreed to. This card is slowly just building yeah. very well behind the scenes. So you got
0: number 7, Jose Aldo. Technically is still yet to get a win in the division, but don't take anything away from the dudes. The possibly the featherweight featherweight king guy has looked impressive in, at Bantamweight, even if he hasn't won any fight at Bantamweight. He's going up against number 15-ranked Marlon Chito Vera, who we last saw kind of derailed the hype train in a way. Took the legs
1: <laughs> off of it. <laughs> 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 known <laughs> as Sugar Sean
0: O'Malley. So, Dom, what do you think of this matchup if it if it does kind of become official for both guys?
1: Matchup-wise, that's super fun. Like, stylistically, yeah. that's that's an awesome fight. Still another one where I'm like, if you're if you're Marlon Vera here, ranked 15th, and you're fighting a legend in Jose Aldo and ranked seventh in the division, you're just gonna catapult yourself right past all these other guys in front of you. And for Aldo, it's like, well. I thought I beat Marlon, but they didn't give it to me. Then I got to fight for a title anyway, even though I was ranked 6th and didn't deserve it. And then got pounded by Peter Jan. Did look good early on, I'll give him that. But now, I mean, I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense fighting down, but at the same time you're fighting number 15 and you're a legend. You're fighting like a guy that's not hugely known until pre- his previous win against, Mar- or, uh, against uh, Sean O'Malley. So again, if you're Aldo, high risk, not much reward, and if you're Marlon Chito Vera, this is a win-win. So it's literally the same thing as the previous man and Weight fight in my opinion. Man, shout what out. What a fight though. Yeah,
0: shout out to Marlon Vera, who's really taken that that spotlight where he was kind of looked at as like the he was the guy, the guy that was going he was going to be the guy to kind of send uh, he was put Maoli, Sean O'Malley into the ring. Yeah, ratings. Sean O'Malley was going to put him on a highlight tape basically. Doesn't end up going that way at all. Marlon looked very impressive. I know, you know, it was an injury, but you know, I me watching it, uh, me watching it, I thought it was caused by the kick. So um, you can't really take that away from Marlon there. But uh, for him to be able to use that win to now push him up to fighting a guy a legend like Jose Aldo, yeah, good for him. I love it for him because I just. I don't know, I definitely counted him out of that O'Malley fight and to see him kind of, what's the word, like just to see him really starting to come into his own here. The guy who's been fighting in the UFC for a long time, mm-hmm. you know, I have been. I remember watching him on fight nights back when I first started watching. So. Still just
1: 27, like yeah. really probably hasn't hit his prime yet. This <laughs> is big for him. Yeah, and for Aldo, it's
0: really just as big because, again... He looked better than anybody thought he would against Marais in his debut at Bantamweight. He had his moments early on in the title fight against Peter Jan, ultimately kind of getting beat up towards the end. But in both fights, it's like you've had positive takeaways for Aldo, but he's 0-2 in the division. Eventually, you have to start winning fights in the division. Yeah, It can't just be if Marlon Barrett wins but it's like an amazing fight. You can't just chalk that up as a W for Aldo. No, yeah. he's going to be 0-3 in the division. Yeah. So this is just as big a fight for Aldo if he's wanting to keep continue his career to continue being at the top of the heap. I'm not saying Marlon beating him would, would necessarily knock him off. That is just a harder road back. You don't want to move into a division that's already unknown to you and start out 0-3. Yeah. It's just... yeah not ideal
1: there's not much for you to do especially if your second fight was a title fight almost never happened and in this division that's just churning out all these top tier talents yeah that's true too
0: so I I love the matchup, though that's why I wanted to save it for last yeah that's fun very fun it's very dangerous for Marlon man I mean it's it's definitely a step up for him here so
1: and less than a month away (laughs) if it gets officially made so very excited
0: about that one um, once it's official, we'll probably give the confirmation on here, but that is our fight announcements. We'll move into the rest. So first, we're going to give a couple withdrawals here, a couple fight cancellations. Uh, Diego Fajera has withdrawn from his November 7th fight with Drew Dober, unknown reasons right now. And then Cody Stamen has also withdrawn from his December 5th fight with Marav Davalishvili, also for unknown reasons pretty disappointing for both of these. Both great fights, man. I mean, there's a chance that Marav and Drew Dober still end up fighting on their respective cards just against new opponents. But for now, Diego Pajara and Cody Stamen are off of those bouts.
1: So Dom, kind of what are your thoughts on those? Both really good fights. For Diego, being ranked 8th in the lightweight division never gets talked about. It's like people don't don't even know that he exists. And he just had a very great performance. His last fight was Anthony Pettis, right? Um, And convincingly won that. Uh, And then for Cody on the other end, I hate to see him uh, drop out of a fight. He was on a tear, then had that really great fight with Jimmy Rivera. Lost that one, but had a lot of hype behind him. So that was another great fight. Two ranked guys in each division, Cody versus Marab. Marab showed a lot of promise in his most recent fight. Uh, I'm blanking. Who did Marab just take on? Oh, uh. Um, it was, uh. Um,
0: well, now I can't think of his name. Hold on,
1: let me look at the division. Why
0: Why am I blanking on it? John Dodson.
1: Yes, that's who it was. I don't know why. Because he's not in the UFC anymore. Yeah, irrelevant. No, yeah. <laughs> no, John, we love him. Uh. So, two great fights. Hopefully, we get to see him. Hopefully, if they're injuries, they're not serious. If it's whatever else, hopefully, all goes well for Diego and Cody. Because I'd like to just see these fights play out once whatever happened is resolved. So, mm-hmm. Sucks, though. We hate when fights get canceled, especially when they're re- literally four-ranked guys. So. Yeah,
0: couldn't agree more. Hopefully, Marab uh, and Drew, if they want to fight on those cards, they get uh, another matchup. Lastly here, this is probably the biggest story of uh, Just happened today, episode. as yeah. we recording. So there's been a lot of ongoing drama with Leon Edwards. He was uh, before today the number three ranked welterweight in the UFC. One of the most under-marketed guys in the whole promotion, I would say, based on his where his positioning
1: was compared to where his name value was. Eight-fight win streak, hasn't lost in four or five years. His last
0: loss was to Kamaru Usman yeah. way back in the day, so um, a guy who had really earned his keep, if you want to call it that, uh, really rose steadily in that division. However, he's he hasn't fought as of now in over a year and not all of that's his fault you know he's a guy that's from the United he's from the UK there was a lot of travel stuff going on there when COVID happened I don't claim to know all of it I just know how hard it he was scheduled to headline against Tyron Woodley in the United in Kingdom in April yeah. yeah and then that fight obviously got scrapped during that time period when the UFC wasn't holding events um then Everything came back. Tyron gets booked with Colby. Leon's left kind of out. Leon's been calling for fights with Colby Covington, with Gilbert Burns, with Jorge Masvidal, which are essentially the three guys in front of him, or two of the three guys in front of him. Um, however, all three of those guys, you know, Gilbert is number gonna one fight for the title. He's fighting yeah. for the title. And then you got Colby and Mosvidal who have been linked together, basically. And Looks that, like they're about
1: going to fight next. Yeah.
0: So that's kind of putting Leon in an awkward spot. However, it's not for lack of other fighters trying. Right below Mosvidal was four, so right below Mosvidal, number five, is Steven Wonderboy Thompson, a guy who's fought for a belt twice back in the day against Woodley. guy who's been the top of the division for years now. One of the best
1: strikers yeah. there
0: is. great fighter. He basically was did his first ever call out on Leon Edwards, and Leon was like... Thanks, but no thanks. Yeah, and then you had the rumors that he might be scheduled against Hamzat Chimaev, who is unranked, but is the biggest name prospect-wise the UFC has
1: he's to pr- offer. He's probably the biggest name in the whole welterweight division <laughs> outside of Jorge Masvidal. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, that's crazy. But Leon obviously wasn't interested in that because it's a very dangerous fight, and he's ranked third why should he have to take that well as of today I guess the UFC brass let uh, Leon Edwards people know that as of next week when the updated rankings come in he will be removed from the welterweight rankings due to inactivity and there's a second part to this where his official statement on this was to come out on Twitter and basically be like screw rankings I'm still ranked Hamza let's fight
1: yeah. So now you want to fight Hamza.
0: And I'm like, "Wait, but if if you are still ranked, why what is why would you want to fight Hamza now?"
1: Yeah. There's a lot going on here. Yeah.
0: So, what
1: do you think? Listen, I like the guy. But man, he just he makes it hard to like him, you know? Like We get it early on in the year, you couldn't get a fight, you couldn't travel, but now you can't really make that excuse anymore. The Fight Island and all these events, the UFC's churning out, and there are people willing to fight you. Like, I I don't think for Leon fighting Wonderboy Thompson, who at the time, before they took Leon out of the rankings, was just one or two spots behind him. Like, it still would have been the biggest name on Leon's resume and would have given him the most hype out of the available guys. But now, you you wait out and you're not in the rankings anymore, and now you want to fight Hamzat. And if I'm anyone in the UFC, I don't want to get near Hamzat because he's going to smash. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, from a stylistic standpoint, if I'm Leon, I think I feel I would have a better shot of winning fighting Thompson anyway. So I, I don't know, man. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. I really don't
0: know. It's uh, just this is not the first time this has happened. Um, there was a lot... Uh, it's always hard to remember when it specifically happened because there's been so much drama between the UFC and this uh, individual. But Nate Diaz had a similar situation happen to him. I know that was being talked about today. So it's not the first time. It's just... Man, you you have to you have to believe at this point that the UFC must really be pissed that he didn't take either the Wonderboy or Hamza fight. Especially like... Because like... I guess that's pretty official, right, that they were both offered to Leon. Yeah. So... The UFC just kind of like kind of fed up that they can't get him a fight. Yeah, they're like, dude, what do we got to do? Yeah, and I mean, it's it's a slippery slope with these rankings because then you got Connor who hasn't fought in two years is still ranked at lightweight, but then Connor shows the DMs that show that he was trying to fight even if it wasn't against someone like Diego Sanchez. Mm-hmm. It's you know it, you're kind of just pulled. Picking between hairs at that point. Well, we
1: saw um, Tatiana Suarez got pulled from the rankings because yeah, she's inactive. Did. So the but
0: UFC, they've done that a couple times recently. Then with Tatiana. I didn't even think about yeah. that. I mean, hers is
1: more so the injuries, which sucks because we know how. I mean, it is due to inactivity, but
0: yeah, it sounds like it was based more on the fact that she she wasn't going to be fighting for a yeah, while. Yeah, yeah. Like, but on
1: Leon's end, it's like, dude, listen, like, I I know how good he is, like. For fans like us, we know how good Leon is. Yeah. The casual. Not so much, but like he's great. He's a literally eight fight win streak. But there comes a time where you just gotta be like, you know what? Let me fight Wonderboy. He's a big name. And if you're that good, then you should beat him anyway, right? Yeah. So and even Wonderboy kinda said that in his call out on Twitter, so I don't know. I mean
0: think about the chain here. Usman's next title defense is against Gilbert Burns as of now. Whenever that fight gets rescheduled, uh, it, is assum- it is assumed it'll be against uh, Gilbert Burns. You could presume that the next guy up will be the winner of Colby and Mosvidal. Yeah. But then right after that, you're talking if Leon were to be Wonderboy, and then maybe he fights Gilbert and then gets a towel shot. I know yeah. that's frustrating for him with the eight-fight win streak, but... You just have to have some self-evaluate yourself a little bit, recognize where you are. I don't know if he has the wrong people in his camp or his management team, whatever, that aren't really telling him what they should be telling him, just telling him what he wants to hear. I don't know because it, it's just a very weird situation. And for him to completely flip and be like, well, first he like doubles down and is like, I'm still ranked. But then he flips and goes, Hamza yeah. but, but I'll fight you. Yeah. It's like, wait,
1: so you're saying you're still ranked, but now you want to fight Hamza? And now all of a sudden we might see Leon versus Hamza December nineteenth. Like literally we have no idea. Who knows? I have no idea.
0: It's very interesting, isn't it? Yeah.
1: It makes my brain
0: hurt. Yeah. This in the lightweight division has just been giving me so much anxiety (laughs) these last few weeks. (laughs) But for now, that is the end of the news. The news. And it is time. To break down UFC 254, I'm going to go fight by fight here. Just to put it out there what fights we're going to be talking about. Six fight main card still. Oh, we love that. Despite the fact that COVID's been trying to take that away from us. We saw RDA and Islam Makachev be taken off, scrapped. And then in the women's flyweight fight... Yep. Originally Lauren Murphy versus Cynthia Calvillo. Was, Cynthia Cynthia's really out. Yeah. Which sucks. However, we start our night fine Show goes on. yes. It's showtime. Yes, yes. We start our night with the highly anticipated rematch. The one that we've been talking about since like episode one. <laughs> yeah. Magomed and Kalev versus Jan Kudaleva at light heavyweight. Then, after that, that women's flyweight fight I was talking about, Lauren Murphy still fighting. Now she's going up against Lilia Shakarova. Yes. Our third fight, this is the one that replaced, it was pulled from the prelims to be the replacement for RDA Islam. Middleweight action, Jacob Malkoon, 4 no. Oh.
1: Yep.
0: You don't usually see a lot of guys come in with that limited There's amount. There's a reason they yeah. picked that fight to be on the yep. main card. He's going up against Phil Halls. Then we have our big boys at heavyweight. Alexander Volkov, the former Bellator heavyweight champion, going up against Walt Harris. Then, our co main event, it's the number one contender fight for the middleweight title. It's a great fight. The former champ, Robert the Reaper Whitaker, goes up against Jared the Killer Gorilla Cannoneer. Fireworks there. And, y'all know, it's the one on the poster if you're watching this on YouTube. Lightweight titles on the line. 28 No, Habib Nurmagomedov going up against Justin Gaethje. It's champion versus champion. Oh. The biggest fight that the lightweight division could possibly make right now. Yes. It's obvious number one versus number two here. Yes. One to rule them all. Yes. But we're going to start back at the bottom here. Uh. Yeah, so close, but we're going to start back at the bottom, but guess what? This is pretty exciting to talk about, too.
1: I know, we've already done it before.
0: Magomed Ankle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, I'll let you give your abbreviated notes here. Uh, you're basically just treading time.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, if you don't know, if, if you ain't been with us since the very beginning, we have previewed this fight before. It fell through, and then, as you guys know, in uh, Monday's episode, uh, I ran out of my good old-fashioned notebook paper, so I had to pull a new notebook which means I couldn't take the same notes, so I had to retake my notes, so I'm just going to go. Nitty-gritty time? Sure. Okay. Magomed is 13-1 with eight KO-TKOs. He's 4-1 in the UFC. Notable wins against Marcin Procneo via TKO, and, of course, Kuduleva via TKO, which is controversial. I'm sure we'll get into that again (laughs) in a second. And then his only loss in the UFC was his UFC debut to ranked fighter Paul Craig via submission. Uh, Magomed's on a four-fight win streak. For Kuduleba, he is 15-5 and five with 12 KO TKOs, two submissions. 14 out of 15. Ooh, so close. We love it. We so love close. it, though. Four and four in the UFC. A little win. A little win. Notable wins. Khalil Roundtree. That's a big win. Where he scared the crap out of him at the weigh-in, by the way. That is hilarious. <laughs> TKO Khalil and <in> then notable <laughs> losses. Uh, Misha Serkinov in his UFC debut. Via submission, he lost to the co-mainer himself, Jared Cannonier, when Jared was at the light heavyweight division, via unanimous decision. Lost to Glover Teixeira via submission, and then on the flip side, he lost to Magomed again via TKO, which I'm sure we're going to talk about before. What a tough,
0: what a tough uh, row to go through right there. Yeah, yeah. Those are some very. Both these guys had like such
1: tough UFC debuts for Magomed, Paul Craig. For Kutaleva, Misha Serkinov. Like, yeah, that's geez. that's definitely tough there. Just me to the wolves, why don't you?
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, this matchup is very exciting. That first fight, it only went 38 seconds, but I'm telling you guys, <laughs> we're going a... to talk about some hard hitting strikes. <laughs> Woo! That's what I'm excited about. We get to hear these strikes no with no fans, yeah. so you know that shit's going to be hitting hard. And these guys are just wild men, especially yeah. Kudaleva. Oh yeah, he's kind of the Mike Perry of light heavyweight <laughs> in a way. I think that's kind of a good comparison. I like I that. Yeah. I like that. No not I mean I like Mike Perry. I'm not that's not a bad thing. It's like you know, the questionable fact the questionable records, but you know they're talented. Yeah. Yeah. So you know what on any given night they can beat anybody. Mike yeah. Perry's proven out with having his his baby mama in his corner <laughs> and he beat Mickey Gall and yeah. then you know, Jan Kudaleva with that T K O a Khalil Roundtree, who's probably a borderline top fifteen yeah, guy. Yeah, Right there. So, in this matchup here, Magomed's definitely got the edge as far as, um, I guess, momentum speaking. Uh, He's only got the one loss in UFC. That was his debut. Hasn't lost since. However, you know, I would say that Kudaleva's more, what's the, battle-tested? Yeah, yeah. He's went through tougher competition. Hasn't necessarily beat tougher competition. The Cleo Roundtree win is impressive, but his other three wins... um, not as big of names. His losses are all very recognizable figures in MMA, but those are, again, losses. Most of those by finish, too. Yep. So my prediction here is um, I'm actually going to flip from what I think I picked when we originally did this. I originally think I went with Jan but due to that uh, experience factor, but I think I am going to go Magomed and Kuleb, but I think I'm going to go by decision. I don't think he'll quite be able to finish uh, Jan Kudaleva, a guy with a tough chin. He's He'll get beat up, but he'll keep coming forward. I think Jan... I think it's going to be a great fight, though. I, yeah. think, I really do. And I'm, I'm actually not going to predict it to be fight of the night, but I think it's going to give what I'm predicting my fight of the night to be a, round, uh, a run for its money. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, I'm right there with you. I'm also going to go with Magomed here. The first fight was insane. 38 seconds. Both guys were injured. We had the very controversial ref... Stop the fight. It was just a uh, shit show. Yeah, not great.
0: Not great on that ref. Um, but I, yeah, I, but that's Jan being a wild man, just yeah.
1: acting hurt, wobbly. And I think he's going to not do that again. I think he's like, well, I kind of did that to yeah, myself. I can't, I can't do that uh, I still think it's going to be a great fight, like you said. I think Magomed's going to look more calm, a little bit more crisp, just kind of get the better of the exchanges. Uh, I'm also going to go Magomed here via decision. Uh, I, I think it's a great fight. Again, not going to be my fight of the night either. I think we both may have the same idea yeah. in mind. Yeah. So. That's a great fight to start out a pay per view. Especially one with a lot of hype behind it too. I love
0: the way this card is set up. Yeah. Six fights, and I love the way it kind of goes here. You start out with pretty big. Yeah. And then you kind of have a couple of fights that are more showcases, and then yeah. you get to the real the yeah. big boys at the top. So, um, very much love the layout of the card. And we're going to move into one of those showcase fights, in my opinion, as we got women's flyweight, the division that is... uh, seems like you kind of either love it or you hate it, you know? And it's, we love it. I, 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 we do love it. And I think it's... I, I understand people's, I guess, indifference about the division or their dis, you know, distaste for the division right now. Uh, because obviously, Valentina is dominant as the champion, and it really doesn't seem to be anybody close Andrade might be able to be that person. We yeah, don't know. It's exciting. But it's top-heavy for sure. And that's just what happens when you're starting a division. I mean, Yeah, it's still. and Bantamweight went through that. Three years old or yeah, something. I mean, all these divisions go through that. They build up talent over time. Obviously, when you have people like Andrade making the move up. Um, who was the other fight? Well, you had Cynthia Calvino. Yeah, Cynthia just, moved up too. Uh, there Lake. was someone else who just, not Aspen Led, it was there was some other... I forget. Uh, there's another fighter that was moving either down or something. I forget now. However, here we have number five ranked Lauren Murphy, and she is kind of someone underlooked.
1: She's always up there.
0: She's in o- that top. Like, top I was surprised when I saw her that high uh, when we announced that this fight was happening weeks ago. Because, honestly, like, I can only recall watching her fight a couple of times. Yeah. But she is going up here against a late replacement. You know how those
1: matchups go. This is an interesting She's one. She's going up
0: against Lilia Shekarova. Yes. The 8 1 Lilia Shekarova. So I'll, I'll let you take it over for the nitty gritty here.
1: Yeah, Lauren is, again, like you said, top five. She's 13 and 4. She's got 8 KOTKOs. She's 5 and 4 in the UFC with notable wins against Andrea Lee via split decision. And she also beat Roxanne Matafiri. Via unanimous decision Her losses are to the top of the top She's lost to Sarah McMahon Split decision, way back when Liz Carmouche, uh, unanimous decision Caitlin Chukagian Who of course was the number one contender Until this past weekend uh, Unanimous decision And then she also lost to C. Jara Eubanks Via unanimous decision So all four of her losses by decision Never been finished uh, Lilia is eight and one with three KOT goes, one submission. She's making her UFC debut, but she's on a three fight win streak, mm-hmm. and so is Lauren Murphy. Somebody's win streak has to go. One of those. Not the O's, <laughs> but one Sorry, of the... Sorry, I just heard it and I was like, it triggered me a <laughs> yeah, little bit. I know, I know. Um there's a reason that they
0: put Lilia in this position. We always say that, right? Like people have to recognize that there is a reason.
1: Lily has never fought in the UFC. Relatively unheard of, actually unheard of. I'm just going to say it. Yeah, like we didn't know she's coming out of nowhere. Yeah, and she's now being put on arguably the biggest pay per view of the year. One of there's been a lot of damn big pay per views this year. (laughs) Um, She's on the main card fighting a top five. You're telling me if Lilia wins this and her UFC debut, she's going to be top five in the flyweight division?
0: That's that's the thing about this division is you're getting a lot of these women who win. They come in, make their first fight appearance in the UFC, they win. And they're kinda of put in that borderline top fifteen. It's a, it's a limited sample size of, of women in that division. But that's not to take away from Shakarova here. Uh, she is uh definitely someone to watch out for in this matchup. I'm just curious are you gonna pick her here due to the I kind was of, going to the element of uh, unpredictability, like you're gonna err on the side of like What's the word? Caution, I guess? I was going to
1: go... pick Lilia, but I'm not going to do it. You're gonna stick I'm going to stick with it? the top five, the vet, 37 years old, been in there with the best of them. She's never gotten to that number one, number two, so where she can get a title fight. Yeah. If she wins this, she's going to be on a four-fight win streak. It's kind of hard to deny someone on a four-fight win streak, especially in a division like this that's thin, except being so top-heavy like you mentioned. Lauren could potentially set herself up here because you just don't know how the top will play out. Yeah. I'm going Lauren Murphy with a decision victory here. Okay.
0: Uh, she is. Th- I just want to say she's four and one at flyweight. Her debut was against Barb Honchak and then she lost to Sajar Eubanks. Has won three straight after that, so she's definitely proven herself in the division. Sajar Eubanks always, is always one of those tough matchups for mm-hmm. anybody. Yeah, it's it's tough here because we don't know much about Lily at all.
1: Yeah, we know <laughs> nothing no, no, besides no.
0: what we can read here. Nothing
1: until I took my notes. <laughs> she's eight
0: one. I will say she's three inches shorter. She kind of has given me some Jessica Andrade vibes by the picture I'm seeing here. Mm-hmm. Kind of a shorter, more stout. Mm-hmm. Probably has some power because she's been, uh, based off of some of her wins here, She's TK has, what is that, three KO yeah, TKOs three, yeah. in the one submission. Um, don't see the TKO KOs a lot, uh, even if you're going into those smaller... Yeah. Um, what do you call it? Oh, no, Smallish, yeah. smaller promotions. But um, I, I think I'm going to agree with you. They going to go Lauren Murphy by decision. Yeah. I'm definitely p- p- playing it safe here, but I could end up blowing up in our face. I could
1: 100% see Lilia coming in and making a statement. I. I this just, is a platform. It man. is.
0: I just think in this case,
1: I think that
0: Lauren wanted to fight. Oh, yeah, and the UFC needed to find a replacement and Shekarova is stepping up here into a huge stage for her but it might be a little too too soon
1: well you gotta even think even for Lauren Murphy this is the biggest stage she's been on this is huge for her Yeah. so um, I mean shout out to her again 37 years old but always willing to fight anyone and it shows even Truly. more so here this could be an interesting fight man but yeah well, I like how uh, we... I'm gonna
0: stick with Lauren Murphy, yeah. but I, I'm I'm definitely uh I'm very excited to see how Lilia yeah. performs. Yeah. And then we're gonna move on to another fight here that's gonna be relatively
1: unknowns. And again it's like <laughs> Lilia got put on the main card for or put in with Lauren Murphy for a reason. This fight got moved to the main card yeah. for a reason. Yep. Yeah.
0: So we start with Jacob Malkoon. He's four and He's from Sydney, Australia. You yep. know how UFC's big on that Australia market. So Ozzy's on
1: the card, and we've got Ty in the prelims. Yeah,
0: so uh, he's 4 0 as his de- debut in the UFC. What a what a platform to debut yeah, on. Man. And he's going up here against Phil Halls, who's 8 and 2. His only UFC experience being on the Contender Series yep. back in September. Uh, he had a big win in about a minute and 18 seconds over, not going to pronounce that name, but. <laughs> Basically, he's eight and two now. He's fought at Bellator. Actually, he, he had made a debut on. He had been on the Contender yeah. Series once yeah. before. Uh, he's fought for the World Series of Fighting, which is now the PFL, I believe. So, um, he's been in the the higher mm-hmm. the higher echelon of uh, promotions. Um, not all unknowns there. Even winning that debut at Bellator. Surprised he didn't stick around there, but here he is. On the third fight of one of the biggest pay-per-views of the yeah, year. Dude. So I'll let you, I don't know if you, how much you got to break down these two when we don't know too much, but I'll let you take it away. Yeah,
1: man, I mean, again, a, a big middleweight fight here. This is interesting. It, again, it got put on the main card for a reason. Phil is a 8-2, and two, 6 KOT gives, 2 submissions, Noah. That's a perfect 8-for-8. Eight eight. That's our first 100% finish rate of the main card. We love that. He's 1-1 one one in the UFC, but technically not, because it's like in the Contender Series, so like, yeah, but no. Right, and, you know. right. Um, yeah, so like I said, both of his fights in the UFC, I'm putting quotes up, you guys can't see me, was in the Contender Series. He is on a four-fight win streak, though. And then for Jacob, like Noah mentioned, he's undefeated, he's 4-0. He's got two KOTOs making his UFC debut. We've got back-to-back UFC debuts here. Really, you'd say this is a the debut versus a debut, depending on how you view the contender series. This could be fun. This could be fun. But when I see a 100% finish rate, it sways me a little bit, Noah. So I'm going Phillip Halls here. I'm going to second round. I'm going to KO, TKO. Nine and two. Going to put on a performance. Third fight on the one of the biggest cards of the year. If you don't know, now you know. I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if it's on his video tomorrow.
0: Yeah, I'm uh, I'm perplexed here because when I first was looking into this fight, Malcoon being the one that's 4 was the one that I was like, okay, he's the one that's getting the stage here. Mm-hmm. However, Phil Halls has fought a Bellator. He's yeah. fought for the World Series of Fighting. He had yeah. two appearances on the Contender Series. Malcoon has not done any of that. Yeah, he has truly been fighting in these places that we've never really even heard
1: of. And if you get brought back to the Contender Series a second time, Dana thinks something of you, so that says a lot. And to make up for your loss and your first fight on Contender Series is even more so.
0: I'm gonna go halls by first round TKO. KO. Um, I, I don't say that lightly because again, I think there's a reason Malcoon's being brought in here. But it could be to give Phil Halls that uh, yeah.
1: highlight real moment, you know. This is kind of for both guys, like, who's going to make the most out of this opportunity? We didn't have to put you on the main card, but we chose you, put a damn show on. That, yeah. That's what I'm viewing this fight as, straight up. Well said. It could be fun.
0: I, I agree. I'm very much, again, just excited to see how these guys perform. Like, who's going to make the name for themselves? Yep, yep. This is the stage to do it. Now we're going to get into some more well-known names, I would say, here. We're up to heavyweight now. Alexander Volkov, the former Bellator heavyweight champion. He's, he's you know, unfortunately for him, he's kind of had a middling. He's kind of stuck in this uh, between a rock and a hard place yeah, now. Yeah, it's odd. He's had some tough losses, uh, the biggest one being that loss to Derek Lewis, I would say, where he pretty much dominated the whole fight and then got knocked out in the last 10 seconds. What a moment, though. That was insane. Um and then he just lost to Curtis Blades, dominated by Curtis Blades, um, back in June. He's going up against Walt Harris here, who's also kind of had a tough run of things. You know, he tragically lost his stepdaughter, I believe. Mm, yep. Um, she was, uh, unfortunately she passed away, um, so he took quite a bit of time off. But then he came back, fought over him, looked real good early. Yeah. Even dropped over him near yeah. finished him. But then the second round happens, Overeem makes the adjustments. Looked a little gassed. Yeah, Walt Harrison looked a little gassed. Overeem was able to finish the fight. So this is his second time coming out here and kind of that... that he, he keeps saying that he's re-energized, like he has that, that motivation to fight for her, you know. And obviously everybody wants to root for the guy because yes. of such a tragedy. But I'll let you take it over for a more nitty-gritty as far as the actual... Fighting performances these guys have put on.
1: Yeah, so Volkov is 31 and 8. Been there and done that. He's got 20 KO TKOs, three submissions. He's 5 and 2 in the UFC, but he's just in an odd spot, like Noah mentioned. Uh, he has notable wins against Roy Nelson via decision. He TKO'd Stefan Struve, who's the prelim headliner this weekend. He knocked out Fabrizio Verdun, and then most recently got that unanimous decision over Greg Hardy. And Noah already pointed out the losses. He got KO'd by Derek Lewis in a fight. He was winning in the last 10 seconds, and then Blades kind of dominated him. I believe that was even, uh, was that a main event? Like, yeah. Yeah.
0: You about Blades Volkov. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a main event.
1: Um, that was via unanimous decision there. I did want to point out some wins and losses in Bellator. He beat uh, Blagoj Ivanov back at Bellator uh, 120 in 2014 via submission. And he also lost to Czech Congo at Bellator 139 back in 2015 via decision. For Walt Harris, he's 13-8. Not the prettiest of records, but 13 KOTKOs, Noah. Mm-hmm. That's another 100% finish rate. I did not realize that, that Walt Harris has 13 KOTKOs. This guy's a bad man. Uh, he's 6-5 and won no contest in the UFC with notable wins against Chase Sherman via knockout. Sergi Spivak via TKO, and then he knocked out Alexio Olenek. Notable losses, again, top-tier competition. Nikita Krylov via TKO. Uh, Shamil uh, uh,
0: Abdurahimov.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's ranked in the heavyweight division. Look him up. (laughs) Uh, Lost him via split decision. Lost to Verdum via submission. And then, like uh, we mentioned Overeem TKO'ding there. And a fight he started out very good in. I don't know what side of the fence I want to lean on here, Noah. I'm going to be honest with you. I'd like to get your thoughts here because i got to think. i got to think a little bit. I do just
0: want to say uh, Volkov won the Bellator title. It was, they did like a tournament style, you know, Bellator. Like Grand Prix. Um, this was back in 2012. He beat Richard Hale. Um, a guy who looked really good early on for Bellator. So um, then he ends up actually losing the belt in his next fight against Vitali Minikov, another guy that was looking like a killer for a while. There was a lot of uh, drama between Bellator and Vitali as far as um, like contract negotiation stuff. So he ended up actually, while being the, t- the title holder, something you, you would only hear of happening back in the early UFC days, while being the title holder, he was fighting over in, like, Russia and stuff like that. Really? So, uh, he, yeah, and then um, he beat Mighty Mo, another guy who's been hanging around uh, Bellator for a while. So his he does have some impressive wins in Bellator, obviously ending his tenure not the best on two-fight-lose streak, but Tony Johnson, Chet Congo, pretty tough opponents there. He's, what I'm saying about this middling career is he's – I don't want to say middling because I mean ultimately he's. What did you say he was? He was five and two. Right? Five and two in the UFC. Um, that's not bad by any means, and he's looked damn good at times. Uh, probably his biggest win, Verdun. Yeah. Uh, Stefan Struve was a good win for him too. Um. But it's just you know he had the lo- the loss to Lewis, but he was able to bounce back against Greg Hardy even though Hardy looked better than I think most people would have thought he would. Yeah, and it was on short notice. Yeah, and he probably looked better than he should have, Yeah, which kind of made me question even more about Volkov. You know, what are his true, like, heights that he can get to in this division? And then being dominated by Curtis Blades, it's just, Curtis Blades is a guy that's at the very top of the division, but it, it makes you question, like, can Volkov really ever win a belt? He couldn't beat Blades. Like, can he really beat someone like Inganu or Stipe? You know, he's got... He's a tough matchup. He's got the length. He's got the striking. And I think this is a tough matchup for Harris because of that length that I was talking about. Um, Harris does have the power, though, to drop someone like Volkov who's a little skinnier for the heavyweight division. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to go Alexander Volkov here. I, you know, it doesn't... I, not that I dislike Volkov, again, it's not that. It gives me no pleasure to say that because um, due to the tragedy Walt Harris has went through, but it, it's just a tough matchup for him. I do think, though, it's able to go to a decision.
1: I'm going to go Volkov by decision. I think Walt needs to take note of how... Um how blades beat volkov and how easy he made it look i think walt needs to wrestle i think he's going to have the advantage there we've seen the weaknesses from alexander in that wrestling department the problem is he's going to be able to get in on a guy that alexander volkov is like six foot seven or something very long very lanky he's going to have the reach advantage the height advantage walt has that power and he's able to get the grounded pound but it's just a matter of can he get the takedown I'm going to lean on the side of yes I think Walt might utilize wrestling here I think if he tries to stand it's not going to be a good idea for him Um, so I think Walt's going to try and wrestle I think he's going to be able to land successfully uh, the takedowns I'm going to go with a decision here for Walt Harris I think he tries to drag it out on the ground as much as he can he's going to try and ground and pound get a finish but if he stands on the feet I think Volkov's just too good of a striker. I think it's too tough of a matchup for Wall. Yeah, Walt. yeah I, I... So wait, you said... Uh, Wall-Harris decision. Okay. Uh,
0: I. This fight really could go either way because both guys have reached big heights and yet have had such, like... What do you call it? Gutted losses at the mm-hmm. same time. It's like those losses that just, like, leave a bad taste in your mouth, you know? Because it was like they were so close. Mm-hmm. Volkov with that Derek Lewis fight... Harris against Overeem um, it's it's tough and really for both these guys they've taken a little bit of time to kind of readjust to really hone in on their craft here um, both have been talking quite a bit about kind of that mental mm. switch like being able to kind of turn it on. It's a big part of the fight game, yeah. man. I Especially you, when you've been you, at it for so long. You saw Ortega talk a lot yeah. about that just a week ago. And look how he looked against Zombie. Absolutely incredible. I could definitely see one of these guys pulling, on, pulling out that kind of performance. Yeah. Where it's like they look like a new fighter. Uh, so I think that's another way... Again, all these fights, we kind of have something that we're looking forward yeah. to watching. It's not well. just watching a fight, you know, it's something about the the individual fighters that
1: we are looking forward to seeing out. There's something intriguing from all six matchups. Yep. Completely agree.
0: Now we're in cobain. Oh I know this fight
1: is boy, oh boy, oh boy,
0: oh boy. Robert Whitaker, Jared Cannoneer, it this has been one of the tougher fights for me for a while now to really figure out in my head, kinda like all right, what do I like, who do I think is going to win? How do I think the fight's going to go? It's been so tough for me to figure it out. But I'm going to let you start by. I was going to say, you maybe, better get to thinking. Um, You're yeah, just yeah, seconds I'm,
1: away. Yeah. This is who's next for Israel out uh, of I know ifs, ands, or buts. Robert Whitaker, the former middleweight champion, the former ultimate fighter, uh, smashes season winner when they did Australia versus the United Kingdom. Robert Whitaker is 21 and 5. Don't let the record fool you. He's got nine KO TKOs, five submissions. He's 12 and three in the UFC, and he has fought the who's who. Notable wins against Brad Tavares, knockout. Uriah Hall, unanimous decision. TKO Derek Brunson, TKO Jacques Souza. Went 50 minutes, 10 rounds with Yoel Romero. Got a unanimous decision the first time, a split decision. <laughs> decision. The second time, the second fight was one of the greatest fights ever. <clears throat> Both fights were incredible, but yeah. the second one. And then, most recently, had his bounce back win against Darren Till via decision. And uh, that was a fight night Headline. main event, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, a fight which, on Fight Island. Yeah, and, right.
0: I, and I and I just want to say that that was a performance that looked like a new Robert Whittaker. Yeah, that guy. was a great fight. The guy who was able to take time. Yes, he was able to kind of match that energy that Darren Till usually brings. Yeah, Darren Till being a guy who will he will almost to a frustratingly degree wait for that opening. Mm. He will hold back. Very good. You didn't see Whitaker do that against Adesanya, which I know you're going to get into being his loss, but um, you 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 saw Whitaker just getting a little overzealous, a little Mm. too like ready for, like, a brawl, and Adesanya is not the kind of guy you want to get into that kind of matchup with, obviously.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. So I'm going let it, you keep going man. I mean, notable
1: losses, Court McGee via split decision, who we just saw fight um, uh, Carlos Condit. Carlos Condit, thank you. And then he got TKO'd by Steven Wonderboy Thompson, but the listeners at home are probably thinking, now, wait a second, these aren't middleweights." you <laughs> You're damn right, because... Robert Whitaker's only loss at middleweight is to the middleweight king, Israel Adesanya, via KO, at the most attended UFC event uh, in the history of the company. Robert Whitaker, from June of 2014 to June of 2018, was on a nine-fight win streak, became the middleweight champion, was fighting the who's who and finishing the who's who, and again, only has one loss in that middleweight division. Jared Cannonier is 13-4. Nine KOTKOs, two submissions. He's six and four in the UFC, but the damn guy's fought in every weight class there is. Notable wins against Jan Kudaleba, who we mentioned earlier via unanimous decision. Then, you know, he he again, Jared Cannonier has fought at heavyweight, he's fought at light heavyweight, and now middleweight. He has a win in all three weight classes. One of only, I believe, four UFC fighters to have that accolade next to their name. But ever since his middleweight debut, he's 3-0. All three wins via TKO. David Branch, Anderson Silva, and a wacky, another leg injury. Damn it. Yeah. And then starched the Joker, Jack Hermanson. Uh, Notable losses against Glover Teixeira. Unanimous decision. Jan Blahovich, you know, the light heavyweight champion of the world. No big deal. Uh, And then got TKO'd by Dominic Reyes. So when you uh, look at these losses here, those are all light heavyweight, and then of course one loss in the heavyweight division. Like I mentioned, he's three and at middleweight. Every one of them via TKO. This dude is dangerous, but he's not going to be dangerous enough. No, I'm going to go ahead and predict first here before yeah. you. I know you're, you're. I think you. I know who you're picking, but you've had a little bit of a tougher time here. Yeah. Robert Whitaker is, I think, going to be too technical of a striker. He's such a good striker. Only one loss in this division. It's to the middleweight king. I want to see that rematch. This is his way to earn that back. Whitaker wins. Decision. You think Whitaker by decision? Whitaker decision is... I can't go finish. Jared's a tough dude, man. Tough Mm -hmm. dude. I'm going finish. He controls the the reach. uh, Picks his shots. Picks Jared apart, but not a finish. Could there be a finish from Rob? <sighs> for sure. But I'm going decision. Take it away. Take your time. We're here all
0: night. Yeah, I'm... I know who you want. I'm Come I'm on. going Jared Cannonier here. However, what's tough for me is that I don't think Jared Cannonier
1: is going to a decision with Robert Whittaker. That's the problem. Okay. But
0: it's like, do I really think he's going to finish Robert Whittaker? I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, 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 guess I guess so. Based off of your logic yeah. here, um, I will say if Robert Whittaker comes out and performs like he did against Darren Till, it could be a very long night for Canadier. That's
1: what I foresee.
0: But Canadier has such a different style than Darren mm-hmm. Till. I don't yeah. think uh, you're going to see Canadier hold back. Mm-hmm. I think the power he might be able to. I mean, look, even Till was able to hurt Robert a couple times in their fight nearly dropped him with the elbow to one time. So Whitaker is shown I'm not going to say a suspect chin because you've seen him take Yoel Romero's toughest shots. Just a little iffy. And sure, he a little iffy. You just have to wonder if after those fights after those wars after the Adesanya fight you know it doesn't hold up forever. Yeah. I'm going to go Cannoneer by second round TKO I think Whitaker might even take the first round but I think once Cannoneer gets a he'll hit a big shot and I think it's just going to be kind of done. I, I it, yeah. No disrespect to Whitaker. Um, some of this might be just more because I want to see Cannoneer versus Izzy. Because it's fresh blood. I'm not really ready to see that rematch with Whitaker out of Sanya yet. I'm um, not exactly. I, I just think Cannoneer has really been proving himself. He's been finishing everybody since in this three fight win streak he's on. Um, this would be a bi- this would be the biggest win for him, obviously. So,
1: you know, what's mind boggling to me. What? Robert Whitaker is twenty nine years old. Yeah, he's been in the UFC since he was a baby. Like, been the champion. He's already been at the top, and he's still there. And he, I, I just, it's it's mind blowing to me that he's twenty nine. Jared's I think like thirty six or thirty seven. Israel Adesanya is older than Robert Whitaker. It's just. Mind-blowing, random, fun it's fact. The fight, I,
0: it's the fight years versus the actual yeah, age. Man. Yeah.
1: Like, this guy's got 26 fights. He's a seasoned vet. He's done it all. And yet, here he is saying, eh, let's go get the belt again. It's just wild. Because he's not big enough to move up. Like, a lot of guys, when they've ran their course in a division, they move up, they move down. I don't foresee him going back down. And he's not big enough to go up. He's going to stay in the middleweight and fight literally every damn person there is. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, this is a 50 50 fight, in my opinion. This is tough, man. It's tough.
0: Um, I could completely foresee it going either way. I think if Whitaker wins, I'm thinking it's more by decision. While Cannoneer, I would go with that. Well, like, kind of how you predicted it, like picking him apart a little bit. Um, but then for Cannoneer, I think it's going to be kind of he lands a big one and it's just, is able to pounce on him, sort of thing.
1: I'd love to see a Robert Whitaker finish because we haven't seen one in so long. <laughs> this dude can strike man yeah. and he's got the power it's just a matter of uh, his opponent and how he wants to deal with you So yeah. this is a fun one, that's such a good co-main event completely agree and now we're here oh. Oh.
0: 28-0 versus 22-2 and the undisputed lightweight title is on the line Habib the Eagle Nurmagomedov versus Justin, the highlight reel, Gaethje. Champion versus champion, undisputed champ versus interim champ, who is the number one lightweight in the world? Dom, before we get into any predictions, you
1: got some breaking down to do right here. I'm just gonna go. For Bear you. with me, because I I'm got some emotions here. Habib is a perfect 28 wins, zero losses. 8 KOTKOs, 10 submissions. He's 12-0 and in the UFC. Notable wins against Rafael Dos Anjos' decision. Uh, Michael Johnson, a nasty Kimura submission there dominated Edson Barbosa in a fight that I get uncomfortable revisiting. I, I don't like it. I don't want to watch it. I don't like it. I yeah. I don't want to do it. Yeah. Then wins the title against Ally Quinn, we talked about this. It's just a shit show how that week played out. But Habib dealt with the cards that he was dealt, yeah. Yep. Uh, and he got the win, becomes champ, then goes on to submit Conor McGregor in the biggest fight in UFC history, most purchased pay-per-view in UFC history. The first time he... Habib has lost one round. And I wouldn't even go that far. One round! One round! He's got 28 professional fights.
0: The most dominant fighter in UFC history. However, <laughs> not the most dominant champion. I don't want to take anything away from him. This win would do a lot for
1: that. L- listen, if you're confused on like why Noah's going off here, go listen to Wednesday's episode. Yeah, a little shameless plug. What are you doing? Anyway... Submitted Conor McGregor there, then gets in a fight with the entire damn arena afterward. (laughs) Then, last year, in Abu Dhabi, defeats Dustin Poirier, also via submission. He's finished, what, three of his last five or something like that? Yep, He has the record for the most takedowns in a UFC fight. Noah, do you know what that number is? Because it's a big one. Isn't it 18? 21. Oh. (laughs) What's 9 plus 10? (laughs) 21. (laughs) And... Fun fact here: I shared this with Noah the other day. It really shocked me. With a win here, Habib will tie the lightweight title defense record of three. There's been three champions yes. to do it, right? It's Frankie first. Edgar, it. Benson Henderson, BJ Penn, and it really just took me off guard. Only three, yeah. And and it's you know what a It's just like the
0: heavyweight division. How Steve right. was the first one to defend it three times. Exactly. A division that's been around for over 20 years. Yeah. And he was the first one to be able to defend it three times. It's crazy, but it's it's the fight game, man. It's a it's a it. So much time, so little t- amount of time passes, but so much happens. Yeah,
1: there's a lot of history on the line here, especially for Habib, but maybe even more so for the gentleman in the blue corner. <laughs> Justin Gaethje is 22 and two with 19 KOTKOs, one submission. Rumor has it he's never been in a boring fight. That's just what I heard. Huh. He's 5-2 in the UFC with wins against Michael Johnson in his UFC debut, TKO. James Vick, mating face plant, now he's not even in the UFC anymore. Edson Barbosa. <laughs> you don't see that happen to Edson very often. It's a highlight reel. Cowboy Cerrone, ah. put him down. Then most recently, the most masterful performance of his career so far, TKO Tony Ferguson. In what round did it actually happen? It was the fifth it round. The fifth round. Yeah. Well, on his way to a decisive uh, decision victory there, but gets the doc- I, I, not a doctor. Not the doctor's The ref stepped in. Tony shook his head. No. It was a TKO. Tony yeah. didn't know where he was. Yeah. Uh, notable losses. The only two of his career. Eddie Alvarez in a fight that had his moments, uh, but inevitably Justin doesn't give a shit <laughs> what happens to his body. So he got KO'd there. And then in another fight where D- Justin had his moments. Uh, got TKO'd via Dustin Poirier, a rematch that I would love to see, by the way. But we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Justin's on a four-fight win streak ever since that loss to Dustin Poirier, and well, he has seven UFC fights. He has nine bonuses. Um, that's more than one per fight. Yeah, that, that's what I <laughs> thought the math was. Yes. Yeah. Um, um, highlight
0: reel. Yeah, I'm just gonna go. I'm <laughs> just gonna go ahead and say it. This is my fight. This of the is ninth. fight of the night. I didn't foresee that when I was heading into this because, you know, um, the style clash here I feel like leads you to believe that maybe one will win out. Mm -hmm. And if it's Gagey's, sure, it can be a highlight real finish. It can be one of the biggest – I'm not the biggest upset, but it would be a big shock to see Habib be beaten like that. Mm -hmm. But if it's Habib who's able to dominate on the ground – Um, Again, that doesn't lead itself to be a fight of the night. not saying it would be a boring fight. I mean, this fight with Edson Barboza was
1: pretty... (laughs) He was the furthest thing from boring to watch.
0: (laughs) That's what I'm saying. But the style clash here would really make you believe that one of these guys is going to have a showcase of a performance.
1: Yeah, well, I want to point out, um, I'm a big fan of Jail Sonnen's YouTube channel. You know this. Uh, He did his breakdown, essentially, of this fight. And I wanted to point out what he said He said Whoever wins this is going to have a very convincing Dominant performance Whether it's Gaethje or Habib it's, He basically didn't predict this Back and forth type fight um, I see where he's coming from But at the same time I think each guy can have their moments here We know that Habib can strike Right Now he's not He's not a world class boxer or anything But he dropped Conor McGregor and in the pre-fight con- uh, press conference, I don't know if you saw it. Habib said uh, they asked Justin, or they asked Habib, "What do you think of?" Or they asked Justin, "What do you think of Habib's wrestling and vice versa with Habib striking, and so on and so forth?" Um, and before Justin could answer what he thought of Habib striking, Habib goes, "I have very good jab, very good jab," and that he does. Yeah. Um, so I don't think that Habib <clears throat> will get dismantled on the feet. But we know where each man has the advantage. Yeah. It's clear.
0: And this being Habib's toughest on paper matchup yet is because Gaethje's background is not in striking. No. He's a wrestler. A, what's, uh, I don't want to mess it up here, isn't he a... Division he One All-American. American. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Wrestler. Yes, wrestler.
0: Wrestler. With that being said. <laughs> 19 KOG KOs. <laughs> He's a wrestler. This guy's the complete package. He really is. He just doesn't show it. But Habib's going to win. And here's how he's going to do it. This is my fight of the night. I think it's going to go all five rounds. I think it's going to go to a decision. Oh, Absolute war. I think this is going to be a war. I really do. I think you're going to oh, see Habib man. lose two rounds. I'm expecting a very close fight. A fight where... This could be just a wet dream here. <laughs> a pipe dream. Maybe that's a cleaner way of saying it. Whoa! <laughs> Let me
1: what? Say like clean pipe about dream. I out of the damn stool. <laughs>
0: but I think both guys' styles are going to have points, have the advantage. You're going to see Habib. I could even see Habib getting dropped. Yeah. But he perseveres because he's the eagle.
1: Yeah, we've seen... And he smished. Very... Like, Michael Johnson gave him a little wobble. Dustin gave him a little wobble. But... He's always regained, and then he just Champion composure. Yeah, championship
0: mentality. And Gaethje's got it too. So yeah, I think there's going to be times where Habib's got him up against a cage, on the ground. Habib's going Sme- to, the gonna to gonna get the fight to the ground. He's going to have the smash. Habib's
1: going to get the fight to the ground. We know this. That,
0: it's just, it's not if, but when. Yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be the closest fight you'll see in Habib's career, no matter how much longer it goes. I think this is going to be the the trade, like this is going to be the fight for future you know, once Habib's career is over this is the fight that will define his career not the Conor fight despite the, the 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 records it broke, this one is going to be from a performance standpoint you're going to see him be one. he will be tested and he will ultimately come Prevail. out on top, yeah. but this will not be a slouch of a performance for Gaethje, this is really going to be proof that he is kind of the next guy in line when uh, Habib Inevitably walks away here soon. Um, I, I'm gonna go with a decision here. Maybe even a split decision. Not gonna quite go that far. I don't wanna, you know if the the, the more in depth my yeah, prediction yeah. goes, the more chance it has of failing. Yeah. But I'm gonna go decision for Habib and what is truly gonna be a war. Fight of the year contender, I'll even say. I've been wrong about that once. <laughs> yeah. I did say Adesanya Costa would be, but this one I feel a little more strong. This about.
1: just has a an aura around it yeah. man like let. <sighs> there's so many things there's so many questions is Habib gonna drop or is Gaethje gonna drop Habib shit is Habib gonna drop Gaethje we saw Habib drop Connor and we know Gaethje has shown willingness to just stand and bang he doesn't care to take a hit Yeah. Habib could drop Gaethje on the feet can Justin stop the takedown can Justin keep it in the middle of the octagon? Can Justin land the leg kicks that we know are so brutal? He said if he lands four leg kicks, this fight's changed. Justin also said if I get taken down on the fence, I'm screwed. <laughs> Justin is a guy that is as real as it gets. Yeah, He knows that he can win and how. And he knows that he can lose and how. Yep, He is a guy that doesn't uh, embody this invincibility. He doesn't want to be called number one. He wants to constantly improve and fight the best there is. As bad as I want to pick Justin, and as much as I think he really presents a challenge, more than Habib has ever seen, 28-0. Smish. (laughs) Justin, however, I don't think he... I think if Justin loses, he doesn't want to lose a decision. Because in Justin's head... It means that he got bested for an entire fight. Yeah. And the judges didn't think he won. But if Justin said if he gets finished, he's like, well, I went out on my shield. Yeah. Went as hard as I could. Couldn't get it done. So, I think we see a great fight, like you said. I think they both have their moments. Justin may scare Habib. Habib's going to get Justin down. He's going to wear him out. You... No one can compete with this shit that Habib does. Right. No one. Twenty-eight have tried. Twenty-eight have failed. Mm-hmm. None have been close. Habib is going to get a finish here. He's going to get a submission finish here. Justin's got some gas in the tank, but how long will it last? Getting wrestled. He's going to stop a lot of takedowns. He's not going to get taken down immediately. But that takes a lot of energy. Yep. Fourth round. Habib. Submission. What that's what I thought you might say. 29-0. I can't express my excitement for this. Yeah. The, I, I, if you guys can't tell, we're very excited I, for this fight. Yeah, this is one where I'm just like, what's going to happen? Yeah. We could sit here and talk for hours on what we think and all the numbers and everything, but at the end of the day, you really don't know. Like, yeah. That's the beauty of MMA. It is. Um, I do want to say I don't want to Again we record this on Thursday night We get as close as we can to fight day As we can You obviously hear this on Friday at the earliest Do we want to Mention Michael Chandler Do, Do we want to Even put that into the atmosphere Nope Okay
0: Michael Chandler, for those, I'll just say that for those of you that don't know, he is the, the replacement. He is ready in case one of these guys, um, for whatever reason, is not able to fight. But
1: uh, I just – there's that part of me. Yeah, I'm, but I, I think we, – we'll find out in the morning. I think we will. But, uh, but as of now, this is him. as it, as it yes. stands.
0: And that doesn't – it's very common for the UFC to put a yeah. replacement in. It doesn't mean that there's – you know, it doesn't mean that either. of These guys are very much at risk of right. Weaknesses. There's not. There's been no signs of anything. Yeah. I just, I just wanted to. Yeah, I, no, that's fair. But I, I, th- um, I don't even want to put it in the atmosphere.
1: Yeah, I, I think we're in for an incredible night, and this main event is, this is it for uh, Fight Island. I would assume this year. I would yeah, think maybe. So you can't have a. Bigger fight to go out on. I mean, this is...
0: and again, you guys can catch
1: these fights. The main
0: card starts at two p.m. on Saturday. Yep. Uh, the prelims start at noon. Noon. Yep. So very early card, but you know, it's it's gonna be kind of cool, it's interesting. Cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But closing the book on our predictions, our preview <sighs> for UFC 254. Mm. As for our next couple episodes, Monday we are going to be breaking down, obviously, recapping, reviewing all of the main card fights that happened on Saturday, along with anything else that sticks out to us. Hopefully we don't have to talk about Michael Chandler having to step yeah. in here. But, you know, I'm not even going to yeah, just not even gonna <laughs> yeah. acknowledge that possibility. <laughs> uh, but then Wednesday will be special episode time. Um, we do not quite have the episode locked down yet. You guys will know that by Monday's episode. Yeah. But Obviously, it's going to be a little extra special. Dominic, tell the people where they can find you on social media.
1: You you scared me there. No (laughs) pause. Not even taking time to breathe. Twitter, Instagram, Deacely14. Find the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, at B-A-J underscore MMA podcast.
0: And if you go to my Twitter or Instagram, at N-T-Baker underscore go to my bio, you'll be taken to our link tree. It'll give you links to all the social medias, all the platforms the podcast is on. That's Twitter, Instagram, Anchor, Spotify, Apple, Google, and there's a link on there if you want to become a contributor to the podcast with as little amount of money as you want to on a monthly basis. All that money just turns around and gets added back to the podcast to improve the audio equipment, to improve possibly doing a video podcast down the line. Um, That's just the means to help us get to that point. Um, so, any amount of contribution is obviously helpful. Just listening to the podcast is helpful enough. Yep. So, we appreciate all of our listeners that have stuck with us for over two months now. And new listeners,
1: welcome. Welcome. The train's just getting started. Of course. And with that, we're out and we're going to see y'all on.